Bullshit is the glue that binds us as a nation. Where would we be without our safe, familiar American bullshit? Land of the free, home of the brave, the American dream. All men are equal, justice is blind, the press is free. Your vote counts. <laughs> Business is honest, the good guys win. The police are on your side. God is watching you. Your standard of living will never decline. And everything is gonna be just fine. Two G's in a pod. The culture of it, we're bringing them the culture of it. I feel it's our time. Two G's in a pod. There's nothing we can't talk about. We can cover anything. We're well versed. That's real. Two G's in a pod. The thing about me and you is, it's a respect thing. Goldfinger, my man G. What up, G? They not have two. Two G's in a pod. Anything you say once, you best be able to say it twice or don't say it. I believe that. Good people, good people, what's going on? This is Two G's in a Pod once again, right back at you. I am the infamous Iron Glenn, and to my left sits who? Goldfinger, what up, y'all? What up, G? It's been a week since we sat down. Yeah. And uh, once again, a lot's been going on. How do you manage? Right now, it's... it's um. It's a little, um, how would I say? It's pretty, pretty, pretty. <laughs> <laughs> well, today is um, election day. Today is so, election so day. So that was monumental. Let's hope. <laughs> yeah. For, for, <laughs> so they say. Let's hope. Because, you know, uh, uh, I think the fix is in. In certain places, I um, think the fix is it. Yeah, so. according according to my experiences, it seems that a lot of the poll people aren't as um, updated about what the proper way to you know to I guess approach voting and all its complexities. So um, there's going to be some type of um, I wouldn't say suppression, but there's going to be definitely some type of miscounting and stuff of that nature. I was given a form that wasn't actually the correct form that wasn't going to be counted, that wasn't counted, that wasn't um, registered by the machine right. because it said affidavit on it. And affidavits usually are the pieces of paper that you bring to court as evidence. And I think that and those... they planning to bring it to court as evidence. And, and, and I, I totally do believe that these are the papers that were given out so they can have some type of proof of saying, oh, well, you know, the, the election was rigged. And they have actual evidence of, you know, Listen, it being some type of mismanagement. Well, one thing for sure, we're going to find out. Yeah. I was fortunate. It was smooth. It was just in and out. But uh, the place I go is uh, it's at a senior citizen center and a nursing home. So they try to make it as smooth and effortless as possible. So it was... Uh, Pretty quick. It was like in and out. Well, I was in pretty quick, you know, as quick as quick as can be because nobody was really there. I went there like 6.30, 7 o'clock. So I was like first thing smoking. I went and voted. Yeah. Um, you were smart to get there. Well, get there early. I yeah. got there a little later, but yeah. I got there 
I guess later than when people were that are, are working coming home from work. You know, and it was uh, later that the morning crowd has already gone. Right. So I was like, like right in between. I got it like not too long before I picked you up. Okay. So now my mom, she was instructed that the Biden vote wasn't going to be until November. You mean the presidential vote? No. You still vote in the primary. No, first off, just hearing that is wrong. Because they're not supposed to bring up any names. Any any names. It's like, yeah, you vote for Biden, right? Look, (laughs) just give me the ballots. And let me do my thing. And let me do my thing. goddamn business who I'm voting for. But she was told that the Biden vote was in November, which is troubling. It because, is troubling. Because she got there early, so imagine how many other people... That they told that to as well? But you know, they, they pretty much assumed that she's black. That's who she's voting for. So that's why <laughs> it's like the Biden's vote's in November. Yeah, so... um, um you know, it was a lot of people that was on the, on, on the docket for this, this election. There was, oh, yeah. a lot of, there was a lot of names. There was a lot of people that, you know... Other than I remember before years ago, I used to just shoot and go Democratic straight down the board, just because I didn't give a fuck, right? You know, and now I kind of uh, changed that um, way of thinking because you know I'm going for the vote that's best suited for us, right? You know, whose policy I feel is going to best suit us, whether it's Democrat or Republican. I so I kind of uh, unhinge unhinge my allegiance to the Democratic Party, and I fall right down the middle. So it's like, what are you doing for me and my people? My you know what I'm saying? So if you're Democratic or Republican, tell me what you're doing. I'm not just handing my vote to you anymore. So they can go fuck themselves. With that being said, it's like I've always um, ran the line of working parties, working right. families, rather, mm-hmm. uh, Green Party, and because that was more prevalent in my community. Right. I've seen them out, and I've seen their work. So I was always with that. And they have a line in with the Democrats, but they have their own line as well. Right. And my thing is, I just think that it's uh, it's it's stupid for you to just go and vote for a specific group without actually knowing the nuances of what they're going to offer you before you give them your vote. Well, that's the thing. I think we all, when I say we all, I mean black people, as a past, we were just so quick to align ourselves to the Democratic Party because we thought they had their our best interests interestingly enough at heart interestingly enough uh, the Republican Party we've had the more quote unquote success in Senate in the House and represented by more black faces with the Republican Party than we have in the Democratic Party the Democratic Party just got somebody in that was black Senate in like 2000, 2003. Yeah. But we, like I said, we're we gonna cause a lot of controversy with this one because they're gonna be like, oh shit, these motherfuckers are, are you know, aligned. Black on Republicans, the yeah. cue up the music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coon train, coon train. They're gonna try and throw us on the coon train. But all we're trying to get people to understand, you gotta really start thinking for yourself. So we're not saying we're aligned to the left or aligned to the right. We're not saying we're Democrat or Republican. But it's got to be some. We're aligning ourselves common with sense our people and common with sense. common sense because right. we are. Common sense squad. Yeah, yeah. So when we say that, what is your agenda for us? Whether you're a Democrat or Republican, because I'm not just going to hand you my vote and be like, here, here you go. 
the years of doing that, the days of us doing that is over, you know. And for them to come and, and pick one representative of the black community, I'm throwing up the quotation signs with my hands, the black community, and be like, here, we're going to hook you up, and we need you to go out there and get all of the votes for us, whether right. it's a Sharpton or um, Jesse. Jesse or Abernathy or, you know, or right. whoever they say, okay, you're going to speak for the entire black community, and that has to stop. You know? Yeah, black people are not a monolith, and, and th that's where the problem comes in at because we're continuously boxed into this one shade of black. And we're treated as such. And that's why I think that we're having so much pandering to us now because it's a lot of companies just jumping out of their way to apologize, to pander, to we do this. We touched on it last week, man. You know, with them, uh, everybody's, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. All right, so, so now that you brought that up. Now, right. we were talking about the whole NASCAR thing. Right. NASCAR, that was a bold move. That was a bold move. Because they really don't have too much black representation no. in their company. That's why I, I, I kind of harped on them. They had zero reason to make the move that they did. Well, they rule would piss more people off than get people applauded as far as their fan base. Well, G, I have some news for you. Just found out that the one black driver that they have, yeah, Bubba Wallace, I saw that. <laughs> he has connections with companies that have connections with Democratic committee or Democratic, you know, party or whatever the case may be. And it seems like there is some type of uh, motive for us to be embracing NASCAR at this moment. Uh, right now, I'm not embracing anything except what we are trying to accomplish as a duo. All that other stuff to me, as far as like sports and entertainment to me, is, is irrelevant because they should have been doing something. So for them to now jump out of yeah, NASCAR's NASCAR's been pretty um, NASCAR, oblivious. They, they literally had their own lane. Yeah, remember the majority of their fan base are the ones that's. Running around waving the uh, Confederate flag, Confederate flag, but but this but this hasn't this hasn't been their first um, dealings with as far as with discrimination and stuff of that no. nature. They just never even acknowledged it. it. They yeah. just never had. They just said, you know what? We're not going to talk about it. So know? my thing is now that the black dollar is kind of up for grabs. It seems. I think that this was a ploy to bring black dollars in because you know what? If they know that they're going to benefit from it, well, let's be one hundred percent clear. At the root of everything, it's always about money. Gotcha. And they, you can say race, you can say whatever the fuck it is on the surface, dig deep enough. It's, it's about always going to come back to the dollar because the dollar is what makes things move. And I'm not just talking about the American dollar. I'm talking about the dollar in general. Period. Money makes things move. Period. So everyone's motivating factor will always be the, do the black dollar... Like I said, we allow people to come into our communities and siphon our dollars out time after time after time. And they know now this looks like where, it's, okay, this may come to an end. Where we will say, you know what, we're really going to make a conscious effort to start circulating our dollar amongst ourselves 
and helping ourselves out before we go outside and helping everyone else. And I think they realize, I think this they're like, you know what, this time I think they're dead serious. And, and I think that that's why we get such a concerted effort for everybody to be like, you know what? It wasn't us. Yeah, we're, wasn't yeah, we're cool with yeah. y'all. And you know what we're going to do? We hung out last that's week. That's right. That's right. You understand? And I think so, there's a lot of palamining and a lot of pandering and a lot of backpatting. And, definitely a the and, whole lot of backpacking. I got, I've been getting a couple of backpacks myself. I'm not even going to fucking wow. lie. I've been getting a lot of backpacks myself. Wow. Um, I've had people that really, you know, and... I'm the type of person, until you show me something otherwise, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, the way certain people have been acting around me, it's like, what are you apologizing to me for? But they've done something somewhere. They, they feel they apologize to me, then it's going to be all good across the board. Right, and I think that's what a lot of the company's um, stances are now. They're going out of their way. and Like, even with this... Um, We've seen a lot of people get exposed for blackface and stuff of that na- stuff of that nature, like that stuff that they've done, and retroactively they're trying to apologize for it now. Right. So they well, kinda- it started with I know what you're talking about with uh, the Megan Fox thing and um, what's the director, Michael Bay. Michael Bay, and then they started coming out. She had done an interview and she was talking about it, and Jimmy Kimmel kind of laughed it off. So in turn, they brought up all the shit that he did with, was it blackface? It was blackface. Because he was impersonating Karl Malone. It was, it was blackface. He, was, he, was, he, he impers- wasn't, like he wasn't, but you understand what I'm saying? Whereas he was impersonating someone else. Right. You understand? Right. Whereas traditional blackface is white people just putting, covering their face with black and acting what they thought Black people would act like. Well, he did it with Oprah Winfrey as well. Right. He did it with... Because um, he plays some pretty pretty prominent characters. So, now, are we going to go after Robert Downey Jr.? Are we going to go after Snoop Dogg? Are we going to go after Eddie Murphy? Are we going to go after Martin Lawrence? That's the question. Because that can, it becomes a very, very slippery slope. Now, the, so the new conversation is, what's off limits? So I think at this point right now, if we're going to get into what race is and what race means and what we feel is out of bounds, this conversation needs to happen. But it also goes to when he did it, it was in a comedic realm. And comedy at some time, comedy can be offensive to certain people. You're right. You understand? Right. So are you, we going to start policing all comedians? I think you have to have the codes redistributed to find out what is acceptable. Because, you know, with the Me Too, what might have been acceptable in the workplace in the 50s, right? you now look at now, was like, how in the hell did that even happen? But even if I go, let's say, okay, we go to the Me Too movement. And a lot of experience in my, I'm going from personal experience whereas depending on how one attractive the dude was or female was what you were allowed to get away with I think that has a lot to do with it but that also has a whole lot to do with but it but also in this day and now, age right wrong. now you have certain dudes and I've worked with a few that will fucking 
like what was it? A habitual line stepper. Motherfucker was a habitual line stepper to the point where I had to pull him aside and be like, "Yo, my man, you can't do that." Right. You know, but every office don't have a me in them. You know right, but true. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that at some point this was quote unquote acceptable behavior right. or behavior that was never going to be reprimanded because of it. Right. So it's like there are new dimensions that have to be set. Right. I think that moving forward mm-hmm. with how we are being treated or with how what we are willing to tolerate mm-hmm. has to be set now. It if we're going to move forward. Set. Right. But like I said, with with you see, with comedy, it's going to be very, very difficult because, comedy, like I said, comedy sometimes is offensive. Well, we're going to have to find out. You know, because there's certain words that comedy has lost. You know, like you can't say retarded. True. Because uh, people who with uh, mental disabilities, right. I don't even think they found it offensive. I think they, the people that were their you, handlers found it offensive. You can't say midget. You can't say midget. All right, now, another thing. Can white people say the N-word? Can they say nigga? They want to get punched in the face. Yes, <laughs> but I'm just saying. What if it's funny? That's basically thing. what you're saying. So it has to be a new code. It has to be right. a code to where we have some... We Neil have to Brennan re-establish, said it. We have to, we have to reestablish boundaries. Well, he, Neil, Neil Brennan said it, but it, it also goes in the contents of how you say it. No, context is key. Right. But everybody has to know what the context is. So now you're going to give people uh, credit for intelligence that they may not have. Well, you have to school them. Right. So they can't say that I didn't know. Right. So now it has to be like with me too. Mm-hmm. Look, this this does not work for me. Mm-hmm. I don't need you grabbing me and massaging me while I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if you work in a massage parlor? Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So going back to what I was saying, what I originally asked you was, you know, how are you managing all the information that's constantly, we are constantly being bombarded with? Um, At this point, you kind of just have to take what applies, be aware of what's going on. And, you know, if, you know, if it applies, if it don't apply, let it fly, you know. Right. But just be conscious of everything that's going on. And sometimes you just definitely have to um, take a step back and because it can be a little bit overwhelming. I think it's, uh, it's, it's overkill for me. So I, I, I consciously unplug myself where I don't listen to anything because they're not going to tell me anything new about Corona as far as um, how do I function in public. They're not going to tell me anything new. The same rule applies. So I don't need to constantly hear... Um, from other states, of their numbers are going up, or how many deaths and things like that. I don't, I don't need to hear that anymore. You know what? It kind of reminds me of. It reminds me of um, the hysteria that was created by nine eleven, and the orange alert, and the red yeah. alert, and the yellow alert. And it's like you have to constantly be put in. And a let's state. be clear. Back then, for us, there was only one red alert. DJ red alert. Yeah. 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 Like, you know. Peace, um, peace to Big Red. Um, yeah, it, it was like they they purposely ingrained that image in your head. Yeah, it was almost like psychological terrorism. 
and and it's um and it's crazy because it was a terroristic act, quote unquote. <laughs> but the thing is that was you it? were assaulted every single day they, on the media yeah. by well, the same images. And, over and it and still over. goes back to what I constantly say that he who controls the media controls the world. So whatever images they want you to see or want you to remember and not forget, like they said, they just bombard you with the image. Yeah, and then you start to lose the fact of what the actual problem was in the first place because we went from 9-11, then we went to... Oh, we went... Saddam Listen, Hussein? Well, I mean, like, what... What niggas trying to kill my father! <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, I mean, like, I'm, I'm kind of... You know, and then we went to... You can't get on the plane with toothpaste and and it, yeah, it, it really it's, it really just changed this. The question else. the question is, with all of this, what are we gonna lose? Because we're not eleven. We lost a lot. We lost our absolute right to privacy. Like privacy doesn't exist. And for anybody out there that thinks uh, privacy exists. Fooling yourself. That's why I, you know, we press it by saying anything we say once, we can say twice. And we're going to stand by what we say. And if True we're day. wrong, I'll apologize. If I'm wrong, if it comes back and when I say something and I'm proven wrong, I have no problem apologizing. I'm going to hold myself accountable. Right. And just like he's going to hold me accountable, and I'm going to hold him accountable. Exactly. But the question is, what are we going to lose with this? When I'm in love, we lost privacy. With, with this right now, I think that we've already kind of lost. Well, we lost six months. We've, Let's be we, clear. yeah, we, you know, we definitely got, we, of six months. we got snapped. Yeah. We got snapped yeah. for they, about They snapped the shit out of us. But the question now is what liberties are they going to take? Well, the, the, the pursuit of happiness is, is a big one because you weren't able to do what Depends. you wanted to do. Smoke weed. You can always pursue happiness. You know, true. But if you can't come outside. <laughs> that is also true. You know, <laughs> that is also true if you can't come outside. But it's like, that's what I'm trying to wrap my, my mind around is what they're going to take from us. That's why I, I, I unhinged myself or de- disconnected myself from the matrix. I'm not taking Well, look, any, your livelihood was jeopardized, right? My livelihood was definitely jeopardized, so, but I'm an adapter. Or, right. You know, Marvel right. has this character uh, that was a villain, I think, of uh, Fantastic Four, called Super Adaptoid. Oh, wow who was able to basically take in powers from different people. So he can adapt to your fighting style instantly. So I can adapt to anything. So as far as that's concerned, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not uh, overly concerned because whatever the environment's um, presented to me, I'll adapt to it, you know? A lot of just people didn't have the freedom to basically have that choice. You know what I mean? It's like you're, they're midstream, and then within two weeks, they're telling you, okay, well, you can't leave, and you can't do this, and you can't do that. Right. A lot of people didn't see this coming. A lot of people weren't as comfortable to be able to say, I have a business, and I have to stop this shit cold. But it's crazy about this thing. Think about it. Even if you had your own business, because there was like, what's the greatest form of independence is having your own business. Even if you had your own business. That was taken away too. That was taken away from you too. Yeah. So, so it's like you're not even safe now <clears throat> uh, having your own business. A lot of small businesses and restaurants and stuff of that nature came under a lot of scrutiny because they couldn't pretty much survive. 
They yeah. couldn't. They couldn't do it. And 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 it's it's almost upsetting that they won't be able to get back to a place of normalcy. You know. Well, like I said, there's no normalcy. There's the new norm. Yeah. You know, and it's like, how are you going to adapt to the new norm? Like, I have ideas. I'm not going to put them out there over the waves because you know, once you put them out there, it's free for anyone to grab them. Um, <clears throat> as far as training goes going forward, I already have ideas in place of what I want to do and how I want to do it. So, so as far as I'm concerned, this is one of the other aspects of my new norm is us doing our own podcast and becoming independent from being um, beholden to a regular nine to five job or even having your own business where you, you know, got to shut down. So you got to have multiple irons in the fire. You got to have multiple streams of income. And that's what I'm working on for us. Right. You exactly. understand? So that we, we will stand independent even from uh, pandemics. Plandemics. Yeah, I yeah. will always say plandemics because yeah. it, it, it just, my mom always said, if it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it's a fucking duck. Makes sense. If you squint, it may look like a goose and you could be fooled, but you know, this this is about as plain as a duck as you can, you can get. Because yeah. as the time goes on, more information comes out. It was recently reported that like 53 scientists was fired because they had Ties with China. Ties with China. So, you know, one thing about situations, like anything that happens in the dark will eventually come out in the light because people can't keep their mouth shut. Yeah, I think that is a definite fact, but also it's, it, it almost, it has a, a reminiscent tone of it is, but it ain't. It has that type of feel to it where it's like it was something, Maybe it, what didn't materialize is what they wanted it to be, but it was something. But what they're trying to make it to be is something totally different. Right. So it's like, you know, you go into, you know, hypothetically, you go into a store to rob something and you end up shooting somebody, you kind of still went in there to rob somebody. You know what I mean? Definitely. It was but it like, just didn't you know, turn out. It turned out but to also, be something yeah, totally like different. It's, it's like running in a bank and saying, you know what, stick them up. Right. And then they hand you the money, but you don't take it. Right. You might as well take it because right. you're still going to bank. You, right. You're already, for bank yeah, you're, already, you're already in there. Yeah, you're already in there. Right. You know, so I think whatever they planned didn't unfold. I thought it didn't unfold the way they wanted it to unfold. I think they wanted a whole lot more people to die. I think they wanted a whole lot more people to get sick. Um, and it didn't materialize that way, you know, because doctors, those that weren't part of the pandemic, were finding different ways to treat people, was finding different ways to, you know, um, uh, handle cases that came in. But they all were told was told one thing across the board, which was don't do any autopsies. Yeah. And, and we don't want to be the, the podcast that's kind of, uh, oh, we have COVID denouncers or we're nah, COVID um, we're people that are saying that, say that it doesn't happen. We're just saying uh, we're in the business of questioning everything. Definitely. We would ask y'all to question us if we say something that you feel makes you uncomfortable. Question it. We don't have no problem with that. Question it. Question us. Quest, but question everything. 
So when things like COVID, like I said, and I know people that passed from it. I know people that got it and nothing happened. I know people that got it, got mildly sick. I am I, I have a, a full spectrum of people, you know, that That's were affected it, by it. Exactly. You understand? Peace to DL Hughley and get, get well soon. Get well soon to the, the DL, man, you know. But it, I'm just saying to question everything, man, because we live in a world that, you know, and I said in the beginning, everything we see, the things we think we're seeing ain't what we're seeing, man. You got to look at the bigger picture. You got to look beyond what's face value because these motherfuckers, they're playing a chess game where they're like seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve moves ahead of us. And some of us, majority of us are playing checkers. Yeah. And, and with that being said, it's like, who benefits? Who benefits from all this stuff? And then you start to peel back the layers of who has a hand in all of these moves. Well, you feel like this. Okay. <clears throat> they're big. They're going to have a big, big, big uh, vaccine push. Who's going to benefit? Well, first and foremost. Pharmaceuticals. First and foremost. Pharmaceuticals are going to benefit. Now, who has ties to the pharmaceuticals? It ain't us. It ain't us. Gates and his foundation, big ties to pharmaceuticals. Fauci and his 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 squad, big ties to pharmaceuticals. Yeah, so that's the CDC, the you WHO. So and, you, you and, and, um, and a lot of these um, Fortune 500 companies have made the switch to, oh, to, yeah, to pharmaceuticals. So what did we say in the beginning? The money. It all will boil back to the money, regardless of even their lives lies on the line, whether they're saving them or taking them. It all boils back to money. And and with that. Being said, with money, it's so funny because, you know, it's all about money, what people would say. But people that have money, and you're talking about the billionaires and the trillionaires that we're talking about or we're noticing, that they can afford to give up a billion dollars of their trillion to do some shit that's going to get them them back another trillion. So that's what you call collateral damage. And I think a lot of it is pushing philanthropic racism that they test their vaccines or they, they just do shit to people that are unsuspecting or unknowing or, or not able to fight it off or not able to be economically strong to not need it and not say anything about it, that they just have free will to go and do some experiment and shit. And I think that that's what is planned and I think that that is what has been going on. It's like I said, man, we've known what they've done, whether it was polio in blankets, uh, syphilis, syphilis, giving out um, Tuskegee placebos, telling them it's a cure for syphilis and watching how people die. The experimentation on um, Henrietta Lacks with with her genes and her Her DNA. Because her DNA was special. Um, So... What we're saying is not far-fetched. And like I said, you can question it. We want you to question it. But look it up. Just go go and look it up for yourself, man. You know, because like I said, they're way, way ahead of us in this chess game. And a majority of us are playing checkers. We're just, we're not even at the fucking table. You know what? I don't know how to play chess, but I know the moves. I know how to play chess. I know how to play chess. I'm not I know the, the moves, though. I know the moves. Oh, you know the moves. 
you can under, you can see what's going on. You know, most people don't even know the moves. All they know is the, you know, the pawns. Yeah. Because that's what they are. That's what they are. You know, it's, 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 I don't know, man. This, 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 this world we live in, I, and I hate sounding like a uh, conspiracy theorist, but on a grand scale, it just all seems like an elaborate plan, you know, and that there's a power struggle, and this is just my opinion, I'm going to say that, you know, just because I like saying it, this is my opinion, that there's a power struggle at the top. You got new money and old money. And they're fighting for control of us. And that's what it seems like. You got the old guard, the old British guard, the old original uh, crime, crime slave, syndicate. Slave, slave owners, owners crime syndicate. blue blood money. Yeah, and then you got the new money, which is the tech guys and the, the finance guys and the, the pharmaceutical guys. And, they, you know, that's that new money. But they all still want control of us. So people need to start thinking independently. They need to start questioning everything. Well, you got to remember that us as a people are the first stock. We're the first stock. We're the first black gold. We are the product. We, yeah. We, well, like I said, all of their wealth was built off of us. Yeah, so we're the first product. Yeah. We're the first get rich scheme. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we have to start looking at ourselves as more so that, you know, we, we have a value that somebody sees more than we see in ourselves. And we need to start seeing that. We need to start we seeing that. We need to start seeing the value within ourselves. And like I said, I think they're realizing that this is not going to be one of those fly by nights where things are going to go back to normal, that people are going to really start making that conscious effort of <clears throat> circulating our money amongst ourselves, come buy our product from us, whereas instead of taking it from us, repackaging it and selling it back to us. And waking up, you know what I mean? So, two G's in the pod, yo. You know it. So, G, people always say, oh, I wish he would have got his flowers. I wish he would have got his flowers. Who do you want to give flowers to? Who are your underrated in any field? Just who would you like to give flowers to and why? Let's see. Well, I give flowers to you because you my, 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 my brother. I love you to death. I love you too, Jay. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. No homo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love uh-huh. you to death. Ding! You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh... I've been in the habit of that. I give people credit where credit is due, man. You, you know, on, I don't know if it was our first or second episode where I was uh, giving kudos to Michael Jai White. I'm a humongous, humongous fan of his. Um, we give kudos to Dave Chappelle, but then again, who doesn't? Right. You know, um, it's, it's, it's a lot of people, but, you know, I'm not in their immediate circle where I can be like, you know, I hope to one day meet Michael J. White so I can kind of express my, you know, gratitude for the movies he, he made, which Black Dynamite is one of my favorite all-time movies. 
um, the way he carries himself, you know, his demeanor and things like that. So, you know, you can, it's people across the board, but I've learned to give people flowers while they're here. Right, right. Who would you give your flowers to besides um, me? <laughs> well, well, dude, you get flowers, and I think I might, I might have gotten you some flowers. <laughs> <laughs> nah, on the real, um, just like a lot of a lot of guys that I think that, um, you know, you can think of comedy. You can think of you know guys that maybe should have been celebrated more, like you know the Robin Harris's and the Bernie Macs and. Patrice O'Neal. Patrice O'Neal. I know Patrice O'Neal was your was your guy. Yeah, like I really like Patrice O'Neal. Before you uh, introduced me, like to his comedy, I just knew him as Pitbull. Pitbull, Oof. You know, he was like, man, <laughs> yo, you, you corny. corny. <laughs> you know, when he was talking to IC, and IC was like, please believe me. Next person to say something's getting shot. That was like one of the funniest shit in the world. You know, but that was my first. Uh, Intro. Intro to him before you started sending me his comedy special. Yeah, he was like in bit parts. He would do stuff like at the office. He would be in the right. office. He would have like Parks and Recreation stuff. Right. Like, like little, like, you know, little, he was in like Spike Lee movies. I'm going to say you a, 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 a secret. I didn't watch The Office. You didn't watch The Office? Nope. <laughs> really? For everyone out there, I've probably seen like four or five episodes. Really? Yeah. Now, I have to admit, I wasn't a Office guy. Right. But I did see Office, and I knew what the premise was. Mm-hmm. But you know what? And I have to be honest, it just had too many white people in it. <laughs> it was like, this is after Seinfeld. Now, right. Seinfeld, I got with Seinfeld. Well, remember, Seinfeld had the fake uh, Johnny Cochran dude who was fucking hilarious. And they had Mario. They had yeah. Mario. Um, uh, Mario Joyner. He was in that yeah. as well. You know. And they had, they had Pops and... Picks but Office had um, what's the dude with the fro? Right, the guy from the meme. <laughs> yeah, and the other black dude, right. the curly hair. So right. they, they had them, but I never really got into like the Office. Never really got the into Office it. is a British, um, yeah, British, British right. show that kind of you know, you know re- that re- I knew. Yeah, um, but I never, never got into it. But you know what? Being that I said the Seinfeld thing, and and it was funny. I think that um, even. Though it was kind of devoid of black people, I love Kirby enthusiasm. Well, you got JV Smooth, KB, but but even you know, before he got there, true, it was still, it, it was know. incredibly funny. Yeah, it's it's and it, the crazy part is like they improv a lot of it. Yeah, that's why it's so impressive. The actual you know. first the 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 pilot episode of that show, right, was them making up the lines as they go. Yeah, so it was completely improv. And that was amazing to me. Just yeah. off the premise that he was going to put on a comedy show, but nobody really knew him for being a comedian because they knew him from being a writer. They, right, they knew him from being a writer and whatnot. And he's, I have a client who looks just like him, by the way. <laughs> That's Literally. Hilarious. Oh, her That's husband hilarious. looks just like That's him. hilarious. You know, and he actually acts like him, too. He's also, he's also Jewish. That's hilarious. And he acts just like him as well and whatnot. So we call him... Um, uh, the 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 light version. You oh, know? really? Yeah, he's not as funny, but he's still funny. You that's know, funny. that's funny. Yeah. So it, it's it's like I said, giving flowers to 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 Robin Harris. You know, I've watched interviews with people, and they was like, uh, T.K. Kirkland was talking about Robin Harris, and was like, he didn't. 
give him props for being like really funny, but he gave him props for being a great MC. Right. Because he was a host. Right. And most of most of these shows and right. most of these are um, hosts. But yeah. I thought I and this is just my opinion, I thought he would have grown into one of the greats. If had the time. Just like for these Chiefs O'Neill, he would have grown into like you know, one of the greats where we were talking about him, like, yo, right. this dude right here. I think he definitely was going to be a memorable character because even in the, the, the little movies that he was in, Mo Better Blues and and um, Kid and Played House Party, that he stole scenes. Yeah, like, he, he like, was he, on. As soon as you put him in the scene, he stole it. You know, even like Mo Better Blues is the MC, he stole right. it. Right, uh, And he has probably one of the most memorable comic sketches Baby kids, right? Baby kids, you know, is, one is, for the books. You know, but he T.K. Kirkland picked um, Eddie Murphy as his number one. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you oh. know, but he took it as a grand scale because no, Eddie Murphy doesn't have a lot of stand-up. No, he doesn't. You but know, he does. But he took have it as the grand overall, scale. Overall, right? he, that's where he took it. Yeah, as you know, his number one, like Eddie Murphy was a rock star. Which yeah, we always said yeah, that Eddie yeah. Murphy was a rock star, yeah, but that was his number one comedian. Well, I'm but not he mad wouldn't at that. Bake it. He didn't base it just off of of standups. I didn't. And yeah, I'm not mad at that. You I'm know. not mad at that. No, um, I'm mad. I mean, Eddie's in my top five. Right. You right. know, he's definitely in my top five. I think Eddie would know. be for all intents and purposes. And I don't want to rehash an a, a old list or whatever because it can change. But it but definitely can change. Eddie Murphy is two for me. Okay. Eddie Murphy is too because I, I I believe that because he, he was the he kind of he he kind of clown dudes because everybody always pick pick the the greats prior Carlin right uh Murphy right Cosby Cosby and Chappelle. Chappelle yeah you know and then you could throw and in, interchange that mm-hmm. rock or six and seven or whatever yeah. like that you know? but I would definitely but have- Kirk Kirkland is is hilarious. No, he's funny as fuck. He's he's fucking hilarious. He's and he's raw too. Yeah, he's hilarious. and actually, if, but he's if, like <laughs> the, the the realness comes through his comedy. T.K. Kirkland's a bad boy, man. Yeah. Um, T.K. Kirkland back in the days, I and mean, this is all disclosure. He's been around a long time, man. Yeah, he was in NWA videos. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and he's from Jersey, I think. Right? Um, I'm not I think sure he's if Jersey. he's from Jersey. I'm not sure he's if he's Jersey. from Jersey, but I know he mm-hmm. used to be in New York a lot. Yeah, the funny shit. The funny shit is that. He, he scammed a puff for some jewelry. <laughs> Use his credit card. Yes. I heard. Was it Puff or Eddie Murphy? Puff. No, he stole Eddie Murphy's watch. <laughs> but he scammed Puff Daddy's credit card uh, and bought jewelry. Wow. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Props to T.K. Kirkland. Kirkland. Big props to T.K. Kirkland. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Big props. But yeah, he, he, he he's funny as shit. And I always... I always forget him, but he's one of the dudes that I would pay to go see. And it's not a lot of people, and I don't sit here to be like, I'm, I'm the fucking man, but there's right. only a, a handful of people that I would pay and go spend my money to see. But he's definitely one of them. Right. You know, like him, um, Mike Epps. Right. Uh, we're talking about present day comics. Right. Uh, him, Mike Epps, Cat Williams. I've already paid, I paid to see all of them. Um, you know who's really good, and I think that people sleep on him. Earthquake is really good live. He mentioned Earthquake, but he didn't mention Earthquake. He said Earthquake kills, and Earth- I and I fucks with Earthquake. Earthquake is dangerous, and you know who else is dangerous? Rob Stapleton is dangerous. That's my oh, people. Yeah. I fucks with Rob. I Rob fucks with Rob. You said that's your man and whatnot. Rob Stapleton is very dangerous yes. and whatnot. Yes, like I, I follow him on Instagram. 
And he has these characters, these characters like uh, Steve the Snitch. <laughs> Yo. And I be in fucking stitches. Yeah, man. Watching them. So, yeah, I fucked with Rob Stapleton. I paid to go see him. You know, uh, Earthquake, I paid to go see. But, you know... Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big dip it's after gonna be, it's, it, it, And everybody said, well, what about Kevin Hart? I think his movies are funnier than his stand-ups. Well... I'll take that, and I'm you pretty know, sure he'll take that too. Yeah, I think his movies are funnier than stand-ups, and I'm not taking any way away from what he's done, because one, he looks out for his people, and I respect that. And as a businessman, think about where he started with the movies he started to, and he just could have fell off the fucking table after that, but he didn't. He stuck to it. His worth, I think, and his and, and his get to it is is out of this world. Yeah. So I salute Kevin yeah. Hart. So I, I remember Kevin Hart. That. I did the, the Soul Plane movie release party. Wow. Soul Plane was f- funny. It was comical. There you go. It was comical. It was comical. I wouldn't put it up there like like with a Friday. It's like, nah. I'd put it with Pootie Tang. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> wait, which was one of the best movies ever. Well, just, listen. Just, just, just so you Pootie know. Tang, Schindler's List. Godfather. Godfather. Shawshank Redemption. Casino. Casino, <laughs> Going with the Wind, and Pootie Tank. Great movie. Great movie. You know. Now, yeah. But um, the thing the thing with, with, with Kevin Hart is, and also another thing that you haven't known is, um, have you ever seen Dave, the show Dave? Dave is a show about a white rapper. Yes. I've seen like one or two episodes. Kevin Hart, executive produced that. Yeah. So he's got his hands in a lot of different. And that's what you should do. And, and this Dave, do. this Dave show, if you actually look, and I recommend it yeah. totally. Not only is he dope on the mic, like he he, he gets busy, and right. that's not busy for a white boy. No, nah, he gets busy, but um, his show runs the gamut of emotions, and it's actually really, really good. I would recommend that right. to anybody. Okay, Dave, I'll put that on my list. Yeah, along with Schindler's List. Shout out to DOC. For those that don't know the DOC, because a lot of people will not know who the DOC is. Unfortunately. Right. DLC was Dr. Dre's pet project after Ice Cube. Yes. So he was being the, he was the, the rapper, the next experiment that Dr. The Dre, Dre came, came out, out with, with after NWA. Right. It was after NWA, the DLC was the next up. He was the next, he was Snoop before, before Snoop. Snoop. Snoop before Snoop. And lyrically, the DLC, phenomenal. And the phenomenal. Thing, and the thing about DLC is he had a different type of cadence. He had a different, he had a very strong voice. And he had appeal for all the regions in rap at that time. Because yeah. he was from Texas. Texas. It's Houston, right? Um, I think it's Dallas. Dallas. Either way, big up to Dallas, big up to Houston. Be, yeah, big, big, big up, up to big Texas. Up to, big up to Texas, period. Period, right? You know, big up and, to Texas, period. And my he man had Lee, that. My man Lee Haygood living out there. A word? Yeah. Say word. Yeah, Lee lives out Heard, there. Heard, what man. up? Heard, you know what I'm saying? Yes, he lives sir. out there. You know, I actually, we actually got to get out there and visit him once all this bullshit is, uh, goes away. You know, but yeah, the DOC was from there. And the people on the East Coast, out, and the yeah. people on the East Coast loved him. Loved them Because he was lyrical. You know, I never really got into this whole thing where people from the West Coast took such offense to cats in the East Coast not checking for them because we listen to everything, G. We're, we're different. We are different. We're different. 
We listen to everything. We listen to everything. Everything from if it's good, it's good. I don't give a fuck where it's from. You can and we can find and we can find. I don't give a fuck. You we can we can find the good in yeah. a lot of the stuff because we were I don't early care where on Ghetto from. Boys. We were early on Scarface. We were early on. Listen, DLC. big up the Scarface man. Get well soon to him. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, you know how my my love for Scarface, Scarface, Brad Jordan, love yes, him, sir. Yes, love sir. him. Yes, sir. You know, but we we listen to but we're different. Yeah. So I don't. I think it was a where they felt that they weren't getting respect from the East Coast. From Kids of the Mark to Cube to Snoop to... They get their flowers, man. You know, they get this. They yeah. get this. There's nothing they're not lacking, man. Let's, the West Coast, big up to the West Coast and all the MCs out there from the, the Licks to Cypress Hill. Souls of Mischief. Souls of Mischief. Far Side. Listen, we always gave them credit. But we're the minority. But we always gave the West credit. So big up to the West, big up to the South, big up to the Dirty South. Music for us is music. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. Period. Two G's in a pod. Shit. So we probably won't get a real season of baseball this year. We probably won't get a finale to the basketball season, the rate that we're going right now. They're saying that they're supposed to jump back in at the end of July. But for some reason, I don't believe that's going to happen. I have an inside track as far as baseball is concerned. Semi-inside track. Let me not say that like I'm a fucking, you know, I can call one of the owners and be like, boom. Right now, they're scheduled for a 60-game season. That's what they're scheduled for right now. But I think the players have an option whether they want to show or whether they feel safe or not. Uh, the basketball is different. They may switch venues because supposedly the pandemic got out of control there, excuse me, in um, um, Florida. But I think I think the natural progression is to have a certain amount of deaths of the older population and the sick population. So with the fact that they shut down early and then opened back up, it kind of stopped that natural progression where even though we shut down here, the deaths still kept happening. But I think the deaths that happened were supposed to happen because I think the death rate was 1%. And that still hasn't changed as far as on a grand scale. No one just want to be part of that 1%. You understand? So whether we get basketball or not, football has the luxury of they get to sit back and watch because they're not due until September. So they right. still have months to kind of get their shit together right. or get their plan together. Uh, Hockey is going to be starting back soon. The Premier League and soccer have started. And they've been doing well from what I'm hearing what they're saying. So I don't know what's going to happen with uh, baseball and basketball. Remember, baseball with, was supposed to start and didn't. Basketball was preempted and shut down. So. With baseball, they have one of the strongest unions. Had. Have. They're in the process of breaking that union. Well, that's what I, that's why I'm thinking that this whole process is part of that. Because they, what you have right now is the haves and the have-nots. The guys that got their money is like, you know, I'm not really going to risk my family. And those that don't are like, man, I would fuck. I want exactly. to play. Now, you got a so, lot of contracts with these guys that these owners are not wanting to, even if it's prorated, even right. if it's, you know, well, you didn't play and we're 
bring you down and you don't have to play as much so you don't have to pay you as much. Yeah. They don't even want to do that. No. Well, you, the owners, you know, they call owners for their reason. reason. Yeah. 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 You understand? So, and they're businessmen. And I get it, but I don't get it. Because they've made billions of dollars. So you don't sit there and tell me you don't have the money. We know you have the money. You know, and sacrificing paying the players prorated, you're still saving money. You understand? So, you know, it's 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 a it's a game they play. I think this it's is. Um, I think this is. I think their main reason because you know their contract is up next year. I think they're trying. They want to break baseball yeah, union because yeah, they I, have one. Of I, the I, I do believe that that's the main. You know, the main ingredient. See, I think the NBA. It's a superstar-driven sport, and the stars move the needle, so they have more control. You know, plus you got you're dealing with less people. In football, even though we're the majority, the 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 quarterbacks make the most money, so they can't get them all to stick together as a collective. So they and it's know too many people on the team. Want. It's too many people Not on the team. Too many people. No. Too many people on them for them to get together and say, you know what? That's that's we're going to hold the line. That's that's like, what I'm well, saying. Fuck it. We're not playing. And then you have mm-hmm. a lot of people from different backgrounds and stuff of that nature right. to get everybody on the same accord of what they feel is necessary for them when you said that the pay differentials in different positions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And let's be clear. Every fucking NFL owner is a billionaire. Every yes. single one of them. Yes. The motherfuckers are loaded. Well, you know what? Those owners... <laughs> This is a hobby. You know, it's a very exclusive club. It's a very expensive hobby. But yeah, it's a hobby and it's exclusive. And they made it even more exclusive because as rappers started to get make a lot of money, uh, the athletes started making a lot of money. They was like, whoa, you know, these guys are in the realm of being able to spend. I think when George Steiner were in and bought the Yankees, they were like seven and a half million dollars yeah. when he bought them. Think yeah. about that. You know, and now they're worth what? With the stadium and the network, five, six billion, maybe? The marketing and licensing. Uh, yeah. Pitch you know what I'm So they had to move that needle because billionaires make millionaires. True indeed. You understand? So it was like, yo, if these guys get together as a collective, they can kind of buy a team. So they got to raise the bar of the price. Like the cheapest NFL team would be who? Maybe the Cleveland Browns, you know? Yeah, and even that's got and history. Even that's going to be, it has history to go along with it, but you, you're looking at a billion-plus price tag for it. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. I don't know. As far as sports, like you said, the, the longer we go without sports, I think the longer everything tends to stay relevant with what's going on. It's a welcome distraction, even when there's not chaos. It's just a walking distraction, whether it's, you know what, I'm just going home from a long day at work. I'm going to click on the TV, watch my bum-ass Knicks. I think that with that being said, I think that they're starting to notice that as well, that they are a distraction to what's going on. Right. And That's why a lot of them, you know, uh, Kyrie and them was like, you know, they don't feel they should go back right now because they want to keep... Uh, the focus. The focus on... What's you know, going on. What's going on and making that change, but... Going back to, I think, what we were talking about, even though there's still a lot of protests still going on, it doesn't feel like it's our protest anymore. Yeah, at some point, this whole movement thing has got co-opted. Uh, yeah, and hijacked. 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think our movement got hijacked once again. Yeah. Um, as long as we keep the same mind state of, you know what, we going to um, circulate, buy black, and kind of create our own financial system within ourselves, as long as that focus doesn't change, I don't care if they fucking jack the movement, truth and honestly. I don't. As long as we go out and we leave with the same consciousness that our dollar will make change. Because that's literally what it's going to all take, what it's going to be about, is our dollar have to make change. Because then, now, we can influence political structures, uh, which will influence laws, which will influence legislature that changes things. As long as we leave with the mindset that our dollar will influence change, that's literally all I care about. We got a whole lot of shit going on. So, you know, this was... On a grand scale, I think this was a well-needed wake-up call. Wake-up call across the across board. the board for everything because we all got too comfortable. But a lot of people wasted time. Yeah, and time is a resource that I don't think that is too available. But like to this, have that, your two most valuable resources is your health and time. After that. You can put whatever you want after that, but your health and time are your two most valuable resources. Because when you're sick, all you want to do is feel better. And when it's late, you always want more fucking time. Yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. Well, we're out of time. We'll see you on the next part. Thank you for tuning in. Yes, sir. I am the infamous Iron Glenn. Yeah, Goldfinger, two G's in a pod, y'all. Two G's in a pod. 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 Two G's in a pod, 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 in a pod.